Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. Tonight we have a preview of NFL Week 7. A lot of entertaining matchups this week as the Eagles are facing off against the Dolphins. The Lions are playing the Ravens and much more. Six teams on a bye. We'll dive into all the matchups and more here on the His and Hers podcast. All right, Paige, we have reached week seven. It always just starts going by so I know. fast. And then it makes my heart hurt. Seven. I mean, it's starting to, I think everything's starting to form together. The good, the bad, and the ugly, everything in between. Uh, I wanted to make note, there are six teams on a bye. The NFL is really strange in how they kind of plan this out. Week five, there were four. Two in week six. Six in week seven, then there's zero next week, and then you go four, four, four throughout the remainder, all the way up until week 14 when the Cardinals and the Commanders have their bye week, which is, I mean, you're in December. That's uh, pretty late into the year. But we'll dive into the, the matchups. This Thursday night football game has been mostly dominated by the Jaguars. Uh, pick six made it seem like the game was out of hand. Derek Hard then leads them on a 17 or 18 play drive. Taysom Hill scores. They, they've been able to move the ball. They've just have been settling for field goals or just not scoring at all. And uh, it's starting to get a little interesting down here in the fourth. So we'll provide our update once it goes final. But Paige, let's start off with the Falcons at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers coming off uh, their worst performance of the year. Uh, only their second loss, but considering that they were coming off a bye and knew, knowing how big of a game was against the Lions, their defense played well enough, but Baker Mayfield and that offense looked pretty bad. Do they bounce back against a Falcons team that just suffered a pretty bad loss against the Commanders where they outgained them almost double, but Desmond Ritter and three interceptions cost them the win? Who do you have winning in this uh, division matchup? Yeah, I've got the buck the Bucks in this one just because I can't trust Atlanta's offense, specifically Desmond Ritter. And so I just think that Tampa Bay is gonna have the Tampa Bay offense. You're gonna see a little bit of a bounce back. They've been playing well all season. I feel like last week was just a low week for them. And so I kind of think you'll see that bounce back. And I don't think the Falcons offense is gonna be able to keep up. Yeah, it's definitely not one um that I feel is circled by many people uh, other than the people that live within the region, but it's starting to, I guess, take shape where the, the Tampa Bay's three wins are against teams that their record are six and 12 and the two kind of upper teams that they've played, they got handled by the Eagles and by the Lions and both of them were at home. So if you're following that trend, I think the Falcons fall more into the camp of the other, the three other teams that they played. So yeah, I agree with you. I think the Bucks get the win. Uh, over an inferior opponent. So we are in agreement there. The, I guess, the Raiders aren't 100% certain of what they're doing at quarterback. I was going to say it's going to be the O'Connell versus Bat- Baggett Bowl. Tyler, how do you say his last name? Do you know? It's a Bajant, Bajant, Baguette? Uh, I don't know. 
He went to school of Shepherd University Division II program. Last year at this time, he was prepping to play a road game in front of 7,000 people, uh, max capacity. I wonder if they even approached that. Now he's playing a soldier field, soldier field, making his first NFL start. But the Raiders are coming in with Jimmy Garoppolo rolled out of this game. Um, it could be Brian Hoyer, who took in replacement against the, Eagle, uh, the Patriots last week, or O'Connell. Do you think it really matters, or do you think the Raiders pick up an easy win on the road? This one's like one of those games where I'm like, I feel like there's potential for opportunity for the Bears here because I think it's a good matchup for them. Simply, if the Bears can run the ball, then I think the Raiders' defense is the one that they should be up against when they can do that effectively. And so that's kind of where I'm like, oh, with Garoppolo out, backup quarterbacks on both sides of the ball, if the bears are able to run, then I could see this kind of being a sneaky bears victory. Um, so I've gone back and forth, but you know, I think, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to take the Raiders actually. Like I think the bears could do it, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Yeah. I struggled with a few pronounced pronunciations. I, I'm, I might be just on the struggle bus today. My mouth is not moving. I, I butchered Garoppolo. Mouth problems. I think Garoppolo went a little British, but an interesting stat, I think, if you've watched the Raiders play, and I've watched a few of their games this year, you know, one of them being on Monday night against the Packers a couple weeks ago, but Max Crosby is a freak, and if you feel like you've seen him a lot, it's because he plays 90% of the defensive snaps that he has this year. And over the last three games, he has not come out once, which in today's, today's NFL with uh, pass, pass rushers, uh, you see them in kind of waves because they want to be fresh on those big downs. So a lot of times, if it's a second, they'll be swapped out. But he doesn't. He's a great run defender, and he obviously played the entire game last week, had the key sack to get two points and clinch the win against the Patriots. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think they're going to terrorize the Bears in that offense. Just a very poorly coached offensive unit. Uh, and overall, uh, I think they're a pretty bad team. Moving Not on. Not a big Bears fan, this guy. No. Unfortunately, Anthony Richardson's season is over. Uh, two weeks ago, suffered in the second quarter. What There was a sprained AC joint. After the swelling gone has went down, he gets a second opinion and is now getting surgery on said shoulder, which means it's Gardner Minshew's team the rest of the way. The Browns are coming off an impressive win uh, over the Niners, where the defense played phenomenal, but they're having quarterback injuries themselves. Paige, if Deshaun Watson or if he doesn't play, do you think the Browns have enough on the defensive side of the ball to shut down a Gardner Minshew led Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I don't to me, Deshaun Watson or not, the the Browns are going to pull out this win. I just think that the Browns coming off a commanding win over the 49ers, who have been arguably the best team in the NFL up to last week. Um, and they dominated them and they were able to really shut down an offense that was not used to being shut down. And so that's where I'm just like, I don't think that Gardner Minshew and the Colts offense is going to be able to withstand um, several drives beating out that Cleveland defense. Yeah. Um, 
I think we mentioned this stat last week when I saw it briefly, but I just want to reiterate it because, like you said, I don't think it matters who's the quarterback. The Browns have only given up a thousand and two yards, so two yards over the thousand, which is the fewest through a team's first five games in fifty-two years. So you're talking about half a century, almost the entire Super Bowl era. Um, so it's hard to envision. The Colts, you know, pull this off at home. Regardless, I'm going to go with the Browns. We're chalked, me and you, in agreement for the first three, but I think it's relatively easy to see that falling in that way. So uh, the next matchup, another divisional matchup between the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. Both, uh, you know, the Commanders coming off a win on the road to, to stop the three-game skid, get themselves back to 500. The Giants were inches away from a monumental win to turn the season around, but instead lose when a pass interference was not called on Darren Waller. Do you think this game uh, has any chance of 40 points being scored combined? I want to see what the over-under is, but I just kind of, I kind of in my head and imagining like a 13 to 10, you know, win for either team. What do you have? Yeah, I think this is going to be the least fun game to watch on Sunday. I think it's going to be on red zone the least amount because it's just going to be not great football. Um, (laughs) I just think that both teams are going to like both teams are struggling to run the ball and the Giants have not really accomplished anything this season. And so I mean, I think the commanders are going to come out on top, but I don't I agree with you. I think it's going to be a low relative, relatively low scoring game and not a very exciting one to boot. And I could I could set lines in Vegas if we're just going off this one guess. The over under is 39 and a half. So I almost hit that right on the button. So right uh, on the button. Another interesting stat. That's Washington. not actually a saying though. We need to we need to have a second to discuss that right on the button. It's right on the nose, is the saying. What's the button one? I, I don't know. Right on the button? I don't think that's a saying. I'm starting to wonder if I've ever said that before, but it just seems right. Uh, the Saints just scored, so they're going to go for two. How much time's left in the game? I don't have the game pulled up, unfortunately. Six and a half minutes in the fourth. Well, this is there great. There is still time. This is why I always am like, I just got to watch the end of the game, because the moment that I do this, when I thought the game was done. That's when it gets exciting. We egg finally have a face. Thursday night football game. That's egg on my face. So Sam Howell is on pace to be sacked an NFL record 96 times. However, his 1,600 passing yards are the most by a Washington quarterback through seven career games in franchise history. I Let's think, go, oh, Sam Howell. Here's your flowers. Yeah, yeah. You love that saying. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. You love it. You just love flowers. I love flowers. And you love giving them away. Everybody, everybody should get flowers. Flowers are great to receive and to give. Oh, Saints just got the two points. It is now tied. Wow, what a comeback. Um, where were we? Uh, so in this game, I think the Giants, true, true desperation mode. And I'm not sure. I think I'm going to go with the coaching in this situation. And I'm going to go with the Giants at home to get the win. I think it's going to be another game. Like you said, 13-10, maybe 17-13, 17-14. 
But I think the Giants get the win at home to get themselves somewhere in a respectable spot. We had a classic matchup the last time these two teams met. And now this game has the potential to be even better. The Detroit Lions, yes, the Detroit Lions, the 5-1 and one Detroit Lions, are looking to get to 6-1 and one by being the Baltimore Ravens, which is like a perfect swap of where they were last year. 1-6 to 6-1 and one in one calendar year. Dan Campbell has these boys playing hard. The last time, you may remember, they played Justin Tucker. I think it was Dan Campbell's first year playing uh, or first year coaching just a couple years ago. Uh, Justin Tucker hit a 66-yard field goal to win the game. 66 Wild. yards. Unbelievable. Uh, you must, you know, I think didn't it hit. I think it hit the middle bar and bounced over, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. This game, um, obviously, is going to be one of the highlight of the early window game. Page do the Ravens take care of business at home, coming home from London, playing that in that game just a week ago, not taking their bye, but taking this game instead. Where do you see this one finishing? I love this matchup. I think this is going to be one of the funnest games. I think there's a couple things to take into consideration that are kind of fun. Um, Baltimore has only scored two offensive touchdowns in the last two weeks, which is just wild to me with, uh, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And so I think you're going to see an uptick in that. I think that that's not a stat that's going to stay long. I think that Lamar is going to kind of write that offense and you'll see them um, put some points on the board. I also like the matchup of Goff against this defense to kind of test um, that Lions offense that has been so productive over the first six weeks. Um, But the current concern for for the Lions is that David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are banged up. So Goff's going to have to throw it a little bit more and the Ravens right now, number two pass defense in the league. And so I think that that's why I just love this matchup so much is that it's like the places that the Ravens are good. The Lions have issues there and then reverse side. And so I think this is going to be a really, really close game. I think it's kind of going to come down to the wire, but I'm going to take the Lions on this one. I just think that the Lions are balling. They're they've got it. They're being coached really well. And I just think that the Ravens have had a few more things to be concerned about this season than the Lions have. Yeah, it's all um, one of the interesting stats. Uh, I just I found some good ones. The Ravens moved to Baltimore in 1996. The Lions in that time frame, 0 and 3 on the road against them, falling by an average of 26 points the last time in December 2017. However, like we said, this isn't the same Lions team. They're 13 and three in their past 16 games and have won four in a row by 14 or more points. So I'm going to go on the opposite side of this, though, of you. So we disagree two in a row. I'm taking the Ravens at home. I think going into Baltimore, it's a tough place to play. I think that defense is a little underrated and they're playing fairly well. And I think uh, with Lamar Jackson and company, I think they're going to make the game ugly. And they're going to be able to beat up on the lines a little bit and uh, avoid going to four and three. So I think they beat the lines at home, take care of business. It'll be close, as you mentioned, but I think ultimately the Ravens will get it done at home. I'm not mad about that. There's something about Lamar Jackson that I just I just want the man to win. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's done to me, but I'm always happy with a Lamar Jackson win. One of the best uh, tweets of all time is when Apple released 
uh, the new emojis. This I don't know how long ago, maybe a couple years ago, and uh, it had one where a person was they did emoji where a short haircut or boy had like a pregnant, and he quotes he said, "Why, buddy, pregnant?" Made me laugh so hard, like it was just a very and he he gets in the mud on Twitter. Like there's like uh, different examples of I just think he's a good dude. Uh, he's funny. Like he's answering like those questions, you know, like where people do gotcha jokes. Like Johnny's uh, parent. Could you guess Johnny's name or something? And they give like three different kids name, like Sahara, Zahara, Zani. What is their next kid's name? He said, it's Johnny. He's just locked in. He's dialed in. He's in the mud on Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look he's, it up. Okay? He's there. T- he is there to troll and yes. get them, get them likes. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, he's a good follow, but. And I think ultimately the Ravens do better when I think they're one of the teams that like when they start getting the hype, it die, you know, then they lose. But when, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Lions bandwagon here and deservedly so. But I think this is where John Harbaugh uh, is going to have a good game plan in place and beat up on the Ravens. You think it's going to come down or on to the a field goal? Yeah, and I'm going to give that to Justin Tucker. That would be awesome. Maybe he'll hit a 67-yard field Justin goal Tucker. outside. Set some records, Justin Tucker. Maybe 68 yards. That would be. For kicks and giggles. That would be crazy. Outside, too. For a long time, the Patriots dominated the Bills. That is no longer. The Bills dominate the Patriots, and the Patriots have never been in a worse spot. Um, Last week, Bill Belichick and the Patriots recorded zero yards in the first quarter. They had minus two and had the ball for two minutes and 54 seconds. Josh Allen owns the Bills or owns the Patriots. He loves, you know, basically to own the Bills too, but he owns the Patriots. (laughs) Uh, I think undefeated in his last amount of games against him ever since that weather game where he could only throw like the winds were going 50 and it was snowy and cold. So is there any situation where I think this is a get right game for the Bills? They had that bad London game against the Jags. They played terribly against the Giants. Very well could have lost that game. But now they get to go to New England and probably put the beat down on them is how I think this game is going to go. Yeah, I just think that uh, the New England's offense and Mac Jones, that it's literally... I don't I don't know if it can get worse, but I think there's always opportunity. And I just don't see that. I think that Patriots offense is truly just bad and they're going to remain <laughs> bad for the rest of the season, um, especially with like you come up against the likes of like Vaughn Miller. And I just think that you're going to see um, some really nice play, some good highlights. If you're a Bills fan, some negative highlights, if you're a Patriots fan. So and I agree, I just think that Buffalo has. Josh Allen specifically, I feel like Josh Allen does a really good job of one of his biggest things is his ability to bounce back and have insane games after he doesn't play his best. And so he's, he's due for that, right? It's time for a Josh Allen blowout game because he um, had that against the dolphins. He had that after the jets loss. And so we're just kind of looking at that as it's about time that Josh balls again, he's going to hurdle several people and uh, Stefan Diggs is going to score three touchdowns. Yeah, this is where crazy Josh Allen comes in. And I'm just going to make a note. I just saw the replay of Derek Carr, like, short-arming a uh, pass. And then, I mean, I'm not – maybe he's hurt. I'm, you know, I know we hurt his shoulder a couple weeks ago, but he did, like, he threw it, 
ran to the sideline and then like, you know, fell down like he was injured and, you know, was pulling at his arm because, hey, listen, if if you either duck a pass or throw it short, it's embarrassing. You got to you got to pretend like you're hurt. It's a classic play. I respect I respect it. I'm just going to be honest with you. So and the Saints just uh, one of the shortest, punt, shortest punts I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a, that was a botched sequence <laughs> there. He had he had a dude on. A, I think it was a wheel or a corner. Again, I'm, I was just looking down as you were talking. I saw Derek Carr on his fours. I'm like, oh, no, did he get did he get whacked? No, he short armed it, jogged to the sideline and fell down. I'm not saying he did. He's not hurt. I'm just saying it's like awfully, a awfully convenient timing. You know, in SpongeBob, there's that one fish that <laughs> always, always yells. My leg. He's. <laughs> I mean, that it, just felt like. Listen, if you were playing in front of seventy thousand people and uh, you throw the Games ball twenty, on the line. and you throw the ball twenty yards short, I mean, I would fake hurt too. So I <laughs> gotta leg. respect it. The Cardinals, the frisky, frisky Cardinals, head up to Seattle to play the Seahawks. The Seahawks coming off a disappointing loss to the Bengals, where again, they had multiple chances to take control of that game and to win. Do you see any situation where the Cardinals beat the Seahawks or is it going to be the perfect Cardinal game? Kyler Murray back at practice, by the way. Still Kyler Murray. I'm not I sure. The ti- I'm not sure the time, the timetable, but the frisky Cardinals play you well in the first half and then it falters off and they lose in the second half of the game. So does this follow the same trend? Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm betting on. I think the Cardinals will go up early, but I think Seattle will get it rolling in like the second and third quarter and then they'll win convincingly over the Cardinals. Yeah. Kind of I just I just I just I trust in Pete Carroll we trust. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Over the last uh, month, over the last four weeks, Geno Smith is 32nd in the league in passer rating. I wouldn't have guessed that. He has 81.5 over the last month which puts him at the bottom of the league. Well, don't so, say that to him. He's not going to write back. That's right. So hopefully that gets him fired up to perform a little bit better. The, uh, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well. Uh, another divisional Twinsies. matchup. I think that ultimately the Seahawks have obviously uh, the best chance to push the Niners in that division, but they're going to have to you know, kind of get on a roll and win some games here to keep pace. Because if they get to, you know, if they slip up and lose to the Cardinals and get to three and three, it's going to be hard getting back with the Niners in that division, uh, even though they still have two games left. But every game counts. And when you have a team, not that games are easy, but when a team's one and five and you're at home and you and you have big aspirations, you have to take care of business and beat them. And I think Pete Carroll will have them doing just that. The Rams are hosting the Steelers, which means the Steelers are essentially hosting the Rams. That place is going to be, uh, I guess they're both yellow or at least have yellow in their colors, but a lot of terrible towels will be the uh, calling sign for all Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Uh, the Steelers are the weirdest team in the NFL. Uh, a lot of hype went into the preseason. We've talked about this, about being perfect five for five on uh, touchdown drives in the preseason, and their offense has looked horrendous the last time we saw them play was against the baltimore ravens in one of the weirdest games that i've ever watched how they somehow won and uh, now they travel to los angeles where matthew stafford has that team in every single game and you can tell by the end of the games that they're just clearly outmatched when it comes to talent on either the offensive or defensive side of the ball stafford's getting hit a lot so does that mean tj watt's gonna have a big game and terrorize 
uh, Matthew Stafford in the backfield and pick up the win. Yeah, I think this is I think this is going to be one of the best games of the week, too. I think it's going to be really fun to watch because I just think that this is a good matchup. Um, L.A.'s defense has done a good job. They're holding opponents to just 19.5 points per game. Um, Matthew Stafford is currently third in passing. Puka Nakua is fourth in receiving. And Cooper Cup has gone for over 100 yards in both of his games since his return. But Pittsburgh, fun fact for you, is 12 and four under Mike Tomlin the week after a bye. So Mike Tomlin's really been able to really prep his team in a very positive way following a bye week and come out on top of that. I think this game is going to go back and forth for a while. I think that with Kenny Pickett, not he's completed less than 60% of his passes. Their run game doesn't look good. There's obviously a lot of concerns on offense, but I do think that the Steelers defense has an opportunity to just make the Rams offense a little bit uncomfortable in the first half of the game. So I think it's going to go back and forth a little bit, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to Matthew Stafford versus Kenny Pickett. And I'm taking Matthew Stafford in that every time. Yeah, absolutely. Christian Kirk has a couple jets up his freaking butt. That was crazy. He just took a little um, inside crossing route, 40 yards to the house to give them the lead in this Thursday night football game. That was awesome. Really cool. Um, I'm so I, glad that you were listening to everything I said. Well, that did you see that play? That I was did crazy. see that. I was watching it as I was speaking. That, that, that's impressive. <laughs> that was, wow, I'm very impressed with that. <laughs> Um, TJ was on pace for 27 sacks. Uh, that would break the NFL record of 22 that he, and a half that he shares with Strahan. And uh, somehow they're three and two when and their offense is scoring 15.8 points per game. Kind of a weird, funky team. This one is ultimately, I think that the I'm gonna have to this one's I think this one's the toughest one of the week, don't you? Like I look at it outside of probably the Eagles and Dolphins, this one's like the most coin flip because like the Steelers have a good record, but I don't know if they're a good team because they have a really good defense. But outside of that, are they going to be able to do anything? I'm going to go with the Steelers just for the simple fact of the, the stat that you brought up with Tomlin 12 and four after a bye. And, uh, that alone, that's a pretty dang good winning percentage. It's going to be 13-4. and four. I'm going Steelers to pick up the win in Los Angeles. A little love for Mike Domlin and the boys. Justin Herbert looked terrible Monday Night Football. Uh, maybe terrible, strong, but did not look good. Did not look very good. And uh, a lot of hate's been coming his way. Obviously was uh, a tremendous as a rookie. Good as a second year. Great as a third. But it's always been very minimal changes in who he's been since he first got in the league. A lot of people expected last year or this year to be the big jump um, from really good franchise quarterback to superstardom because of all the tools that he has, but that hasn't happened. And now he'd have to go into Kansas city and play the division rival chiefs, the chiefs coming off another win. Uh, albeit a little ugly uh, against the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football. But Andy Reid with a little mini buy is always a dangerous thing to put, you know, the other team in and they're at home. So is there any way that the, the Chargers go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. I'm done with the Chargers until Brandon Staley is fired. Yes. Like, yeah, 
we have, yeah, does Justin Herbert have some things he can work on? Yes. But ultimately for me, this comes down to leadership and this comes down to coaching 90% of the time with the Chargers losses and with their wins. And I just think that Brandon Staley is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He doesn't make good decisions. We've seen it time and time again where he has made game time decisions that has made his team lose. And we've seen him make game time decisions that his team would have surely lost if there wasn't like some seemingly act of God that made it so that they were able to seal the victory. So for me, it's just like, no, like Brandon Staley out on him. There's a reason that the last time, the last three the last four times they've played the chiefs they've lost. And it's because Andy Reed is the best coach in the NFL and Brandon Staley is one of the worst. And so to me, it's just, you're going to go in, like you're going to go into Kansas city, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are going to have a day, but especially Isaiah Pacheco is just going to be able to run overall, overall that defense. And I just think that you're going to see the chiefs pull this one out. It might be a little bit close because these games tend to be close, Yeah. but I just don't think that there's a likelihood that the the Chargers are going to be able to pull out a win over the Chiefs. Uh, I think you hit it the nail right on the head. The Andy Reid versus Brandon Staley because Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the league, uh, you know, but Justin Herbert is really really good. And so for all the things he say, you know, people say negatively about him. So that you know that's a good matchup. Where the Chiefs are so different this year is how good their defense is and has been playing so far this season. So um, through five games, or I guess, are we at five? Yeah, we're at six games. Uh, the team has scored 147 points, which is the lowest in, in the Mahomes era so far. So in his uh, seasons, that's the lowest by far. Its previous was 172 in 2019. But the defense has just allowed 88 points. So uh, that plus 59 differential is the best uh, in the Mahomes era. So you think about all those great defenses ha he had or offenses that he's put out. This is the best team uh, that he's had minus the ability, inability to have really good wide receivers. I mean, Travis Kelsey is really it. I mean, Rasheed Weiss, Christian Watson, those guys are all playing decently well. Oh, say hi, Piper. Hi. Okay, go. Uh, hi, Piper Sue. Hey. Say, hey, say hello to everybody. Hello. Okay, go to bed. Have her pick between the Chargers and Chiefs. So, night, okay. okay, good night. Come here. P Piper graded out really well in her parent-teacher conference. Um, so, good job to you, Piper. Um, I need you to pick the Chargers or the Chiefs. <laughs> Say, which one? Chargers or Chiefs? I have no idea. Just pick whichever one you like the most. Chiefs. She goes Chiefs. Yeah, girl, that's good the right Chiefs. answer. Good choice. Okay, go to bed. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. So we are three across. Piper with the pick. We're uh, into Denver. Ugh. Doesn't that just sound gross? Yeah, nobody wants to be in Denver right now. No. Um, but the Packers aren't much better. And that's awesome to say. They play in Denver this week. Jordan Love coming off. I, I believe the Packers are on a bye last week. Or Yeah. They haven't played since that Monday night debacle against Raiders. So they were on a bye last week, them and the Steelers. Does he rebound and do they beat the Broncos? Because if they don't beat the Broncos, they might be worse than the Bears. I don't think they're going to be the Broncos this week. I think the Broncos are due. And I think that this is a week that they have a very winnable game. The Broncos have had, obviously, um, kind of been a rough season. But they've had a tough schedule. Dolphins, Chiefs, like... 
I just think that they're due for a win. And I think the Packers are a team that they could win out against. And so I think you're coming into Denver afternoon game. I think there's a very good chance for the Broncos to pull out a win and come out on top. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the highlight for the Broncos, obviously their defense has been bad this season, but and the Chiefs aren't perfect, but they only held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in Arrowhead to 19 points. And so if there's momentum building in that direction, then surely they can, you know, limit what Jordan Love can do. And again, more they have they've had extra time to prepare. So it's gonna kind of um, counteract the the Green Bay Packers extra time to prepare uh, because they haven't played since last Thursday. So that advantage isn't as big as it sometimes can be. I feel like if the Broncos lose to the Packers here, that this may be the last time we see Jordan Love, not Jordan Love, excuse me, the last time we see Russell Wilson. I know that we're getting close. And so obviously it depends how the game goes. It depends why they lose. But I think Russell Wilson's leash is beginning shorter and shorter um, because Sean Payton is 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 going to want to have his own guy next year, even if they have to eat millions of dead cap. Um, and so I, I don't think he's really too. He's not know, too worried. keen on the old Russell Wilson. He's not. He's not. He doesn't care too much about getting him fixed because he's an old asset. So I'm going to go with the Packers. Unfortunately, I just think the Broncos are pretty bad. We have the game of the weekend. Uh, Sunday night football, the one everyone's looking forward to. The Saints are at a third and goal situation. Holy cow. This What a game this turned out to be, huh? It turned out to be a game. The Miami Dolphins and the high-flying offense go into Philadelphia where they are pissed off because they just lost to the Jets. And I know that I see your pick there, and I'm going to ask you if you want to change it because Philly is rocking the Kelly Green throwback uniforms with the old school helmet and everything. Probably, maybe the the Tennessee Titans have a better, like the Houston Oilers throwback. But I think the the Kelly Green Eagles is right up there as the best throwback. Yeah, we love we we love a Kelly Green Eagles, and playing at Lincoln Field is difficult. And Jalen Hurts is currently thirteen of fourteen with Mm -hmm. wins um, at Lincoln Field. But for some reason, I just can't quit this Dolphins team. And even though their defense is a little bit bad, and by a little bit mad, I mean in the bottom ten of defenses in the NFL. I don't know that the Eagles passing defense is going to be any better of a matchup. So I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think both defenses have cause for concerns on both sides of the ball. And so I just think that Tua and Hill and Waddle are going to have a day. And I think that Jalen Hurts is going to have some good yardage. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, an interesting situation coming off one of his worst career games, throwing three interceptions last week and just a pretty abysmal performance for him. So very curious to see if we see caliber of play. I think that Jalen Hurts is less likely to have a game like that. Like we've kind of gotten accustomed to Josh Allen having games like that where he just doesn't play his best. Even Patrick Mahomes. It's like we're kind of used to when Patrick Mahomes throws a pick, you can almost guarantee he might throw a second pick in the same game. And then he's going to go three games after that without throwing an interception. And so that's kind of where my thought goes is I'm like, I don't, I don't know what kind of quarterback Jalen Hurts is after, after a loss where he was kind of the main, he was one of the main arbitrators in the loss. 
And so interested to see if we see him without coming out with a like commandeering performance or if this is something where, oh, maybe there's something a little bit broken in the Eagles offense and this is going to be a second week of that being exposed. So really curious to see. I could go either way on this. Dolphins are averaging 181 yards per game with six and a half carries, um, six and a half yards per carry. And the Eagles are holding their opponents to 65.8 yards on average when it comes to rush. And so I just love this matchup. I think that they're evenly split across what they're good at. And so I'm just really excited to see it. But I'm going to put my faith in the Dolphins, just like Mike McDaniel's too much to vote against him. Yeah, uh, I mean, what's the I guess the most mind blowing stat to me is Obviously, if a receiver is in a thousand yard receiver year to year, it's a really good barometer of like, that's a really valuable guy to have on your team. Through six games, Tyreek Hill is 186 yards shy of a thousand. And he's on pace for well over 2000. He's on pace for like 2,400 yards or something like that, which obviously has never been done. Uh, it's been sniffed at by Calvin Johnson, by Cooper Cup. You know, Jefferson was, you know, 100 and somewhat, you know, 200 yards off that last year. And uh, so that that's an interesting component of the game. And then also this is the first, ma- you know, a matchup between Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. So two former Alabama guys meet, meeting up, both teams playing really, 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 really well. I like what you said about it just seems when mistakes happen for Hurts, they happen in bunches. It's either like super clean or sometimes they can kind of, clump together the injuries are you know lane johnson I'm, i haven't heard much of an update from him if if he doesn't play that's a big blow to what they want to do one of the best linemen in, in the entire nfl uh overall though i think you look at a situation where if the dolphins lose this game you're starting to piece together some of their scheduling of okay they beat up on the bad teams but they played two good teams and they've lost both of them so where does this team really fall in the hierarchy of the league and so I think the Dolphins are going to be aware of that. And I think that they're going to be ready for this game. Uh, and I think that overall, with the injuries the Eagles are kind of sustaining, their DBs can be passed over. If you you know look back to when the Vikings played him with Justin Jefferson, lit them up all over the field, up and down. And so I think this defense, I think this offense is too high powered against that secondary. So I think the Dolphins are going to get the win as well. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the Saints just lost. Kill me now. Saints Not just about lost. the Saints losing about Monday oh, Night Football. I was about to say, like, oh, I didn't know you were so invested. <laughs> yeah, huge yeah. Saints fan. I think that was a perfect way for the Saints to lose, to yeah, that move was the ball pretty... all the way down the field, get to first and goal, and then stall out. That's like the perfect encapsulation of their season. So, but chef's kiss of the game. That was beautiful. What's not beautiful is that the Niners are going to Minnesota. And uh, they're coming in a little pissed off. I think the worst possible thing that could have happened for the Vikings was for the Niners to lose lose the week before. Now, I was a huge Niners fan last week, and I was severely disappointed. (laughs) At the time of this recording, we are sitting in a situation where there's a lot of unknowns going into this game. Mainly being, who's going to play for the Niners? Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Chris McCaffrey, all were hurt. In Cleveland, all haven't practiced to this point. Friday is going to be a really good indicator of where that team is at and what they expect to do because Chris McCaffrey um, has, you know, has not practiced on the first day a lot of the time throughout the year because they are trying to obviously sustain him throughout the entire season. 
So if those guys don't play, or if they do, do you see any difference in the situation, in the outcome of this football team? I do not. I think. Honestly, at this point, I feel like the Dolph, the 49ers could put in all of their second string on offense and still beat the still beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think there's a few things coming into stat coming in. That's kind of like the perfect storm for the 49ers and a really bad storm for the Vikings. That's that Brock Purdy obviously had his first regular season loss and he threw his first interception of the year. And he was sacked three times, completed less than his half of his pass attempts. And so you look at that, and I think that you're going to see a bit of a bounce back from Brock Purdy. I think that he is a good player. He knows how to play QB very well. He went up against the one of the toughest, if not the toughest, defense in the NFL last week. And he still ultimately led his team on a game-winning drive that was due to a kicker's missed field goal that made it so the 49ers didn't come out on top. And so even with all of the mistakes that Brock Purdy made, he still was able to put his team in a situation to win. And so I think that you're going to see a playing against a Vikings defense that isn't near as intimidating. Um, Even if Brock Purdy throws an interception, there's a very good chance that he's still able to pull out on top of this Vikings defense. And so to me, it's just as a Vikings fan, I'll always have a little bit of hope and a little bit of prayer that something amazing will happen, but ultimately taking the 49ers in this one, think that it's going to be a pretty, pretty easy game for them and a pretty upsetting game for the Vikings, especially without star Justin Jefferson on the field. Jefferson being out last week, obviously having a major impact the first week of the season that the Vikings threw for under 200 yards. And you could just tell that the offense was in a little bit of a disarray without their key weapon. And so I just think that you're going to see that trend continue until JJ gets back. Yeah, an interesting stat about the Vikings home, their own three this year at home. They have started own three a handful of times. They've never started own four at home. And if they lose this one, that'll be the last five home games that they've lost, which which is crazy to actually think about. Usually Minnesota and the Vikings being regarded as a, a really tough place to play. And uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see um, that game. Again, the Vikings are a great primetime team because this game probably is going to be one score more often than not. But the Vikings will find some way to lose. And they fumbled away the ball multiple times throughout the season. They have the if you go all the advanced analytics, they have the worst like luck when it comes to turnovers by a substantial margin. Like they're so far over the curve that eventually you would assume that it corrects itself. But every week you're proven wrong. No, this team just can't hold on to the football. They also have the league. uh, They're leading the league in drops. They have 17 drops this season, which is another, you know, kind of a catalyst to their failure. The Vikings have an opportunity to, you know, they're, they're, they get, they went through kind of a gauntlet the first part of this year. Um, they needed to steal a win against the Chargers, which they could have done, the Chiefs, which they could have done, or the Niners, which now seems like it's just not even possible. But I just don't see it. I, I want to go with the hometown pick, so I'm going to do it. Oh, Vikings are going to win. Everyone, we apologize. His purple is just bleeding through too much. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I really, so the, the reason I think this is, uh, is because the Niners players have been the most outspoken against turf, I think, 
than a lot of other NFL stars. And the Vikings use a slit film turf. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's the one that no one likes. And the Vikings are going to get it replaced next year, I believe. And they're going to get it replaced on October 24th, right after the 49ers game. This game. Uh, and so I do think that the staff is going to look at the Niners. We This game, th- this is the bottom dwelling team. We, we probably should be able to beat them without our guys, but let's not risk ruining our season for this game. And I think you'll see them be more cautious with who they sit for the rest of the season. I mean, for this game, for betterment of the rest of the season. So that's my prediction. Wow, bold prediction, bold prediction. I I would have I might I would have believed that a little bit more if the 49ers weren't coming off a loss. I just think that that's what's gonna they're gonna come back with a vengeance. I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Paige, any thoughts on week seven? I have said all my thoughts. That is it. I'm excited. Nola goes down. Jaguars, five and two. Frisky. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at the His and Hers Podcast to hear all of our flaming hot takes at all times. And tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your your coworkers. Tell your doctor. Love you. Bye.